Welcome to Season 5, Episode 23 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball. Who doesn't love stopping by a yard sale, state sale, or a consignment shop? Well, I know there are many who don't, but I know the majority of you all do. Do you ever wonder if the old stuff you are buying really meshes with the new stuff you have in your home? Are you creating a home space that is timeless, that is beautiful, and represents who you are as a designer? Well, today we're going to hear from a home designer who has created a timeless space that she classifies as her forever home. We'll hear some do's and don'ts that she goes by to make sure what she is creating is beautiful and not cluttered. That designer is Leanne Carey with Carey as Home. A new segment we have added to our show is Home Decor Tips. We know all of you, whether you are a furniture refinisher, canvas painter, muralist, crafter, or home designer, love hearing clever tips and reminders of how to create a beautiful space on a budget. Today, we hear from Lindsay with The Rural Legend, and she shares a tip on thrift store shopping. We also hear from a few of our refinishing friends on what they are working on in their studios this week. If you want to tune in to more than the audio, go to enjoyzebra.com and scroll down to podcast under company, then click on the YouTube link provided. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Leanne Carey is a DIY influencer who has loved creating warm and inviting spaces to live in. Decorating has been her passion since she was a kid. We chat with Leanne about creating timeless spaces, mixing old and new decor and furniture. She loves sharing her home with her followers. And today we not only get to hear from her, but take a tour of her home. Hi, Leanne. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, it's really good to have you on the podcast, and we're excited to talk about uh, mixing old and new decor and furniture for a timeless home. But before we do that, I just wanted uh, our our listeners and viewers to learn a little bit more about you. And, you know, I was on your website, leannecarry.com, mm-hmm. and uh, I was fascinated by reading how you got into the DIY space. And what's so interesting uh, is it's me. been in your blood since you were a child. Uh, you stated that even as a kid, you have loved creating warm and inviting spaces to live in. What stood out to me in that statement was that as a child, those elements of warmth and an inviting space were so important to you. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm eager to I'm eager to learn more about that. Tell me about that as a kid and, and what you were thinking about then. So it's funny because my mom and I growing up, we always loved to watch like the decorating shows on TLC, you know, together after school. And we, my bedroom was always the one that had a theme. I had like a jungle theme, but it was not just, you know, jungle themed bed sheets. I had like a canopy and a hammock in my room. Um, so we really went and it was just something that my mom and I did together growing up that really made it special. And I had a love for interior design. My high school thankfully offered interior design classes, which was really cool. Um, so it was just something that I always loved to do and something that was special for her and I to do together. Did she see that you had an interest in it and so you kind of combined your interest or did you see her interest and that just sort of gravitated into your interest? Um, I think my mom was always crafty. She was always actually painted. We, you know, we would do those faux crackle paint on the shelves back in the 90s. That was very trendy. Um, so yeah. I always helped her with projects around the house. So I think it was a mutual, probably me seeing her and her love of decorating our home. And um, it just kind of blossomed into something we love to do together. You know, you said you took interior design in high school. 
So tell us about after high school. What was your education uh, background? So I actually went to school to, um, in, I majored in fine art and management. Um, originally, I went to, I was going to go down the education route, but I decided I didn't want to go that way. Um, so my degree is in fine arts with a dual major in um, marketing and management. That's an interesting combination, but what a helpful combination that is because a lot of times people who go the fine arts route aren't necessarily manager style people, right? And so to be able to get that background and, and that's such a good balance for really having your own business. I'm sure you look back on that today and, and see all of the different uh, classes you took and the experience that that provided as a huge benefit. Definitely. Yeah. It's been applicable in many facets of life. After school, yeah. um, I worked in marketing for seven years um, for a, not a creative field at all. It was a boat towing company, actually. Um, but it, it was a way still for me to have a creative outlet because I was designing ads and things like that. So it kind of mixed both both of my majors. That really challenged uh, your creative abilities, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was. And it was a highly um, male uh, industry. So I was one of the uh -huh. few females in the corporate office. Um, but it was fun. It was an, it was definitely a life experience. Did you find yourself uh, coming up with creatives that they really gravitated to? Or were, was that a difficult sell to them? Like, were they like, this is just, you're not understanding who our target market is? Uh, how, how did that kind of unfold? So thankfully, a lot of them, uh, they didn't have much of an opinion on the marketing side. They were kind of, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they were there to do their job and they yeah. relied on us heavily to handle who their target audience was and what message we were trying to get out to them. That was a benefit, wasn't it? Definitely. <laughs> you didn't have to butt heads. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> so you eventually left your career to make a career at home. Uh, with your kids, and you started a children's accessories business, if I'm I, not mistaken. I did, yeah. Tell us about that experience. So uh, I combined another two. I was My daughter was born in 2015, and I found myself buying loads of bows for her because she had no hair, and everyone kept thinking she was a boy. <laughs> so I started making hair bows and bow ties for kids, and I opened up an Etsy shop, uh, and that transformed into me taking my own watercolor paintings, uh, and I turned them into patterns and fabric designs, and I would create accessories um, from my own fabric designs, which was really fun. Well, you have entrepreneurship in your blood, don't you? <laughs> yes, I like to be my own boss. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because creative people typically are always thinking. I mean, I'm not. That's not an implication that if you're not creative, you're not thinking. But I think you're always like, you're always thinking beyond where you're at today, right? Because mm -hmm. you always have ideas that come into your head, and you're you're, you're trying to you're contemplating. Is this idea legit and could I actually make a business out of it? Or what? where could this idea unfold to? So I think that's just typical of creative entrepreneurs. So then you picked up photography at some point during this time? Yeah, around the same time. Um, a way, again, a way to kind of save money for my family, not paying for family pictures every milestone that my children were hitting. I bought a camera and I started taking pictures of my daughter and that kind of just branched into what I do now. We bought our home that we're in now in 2018. 
Uh, and I started taking pictures of it and sharing them on Instagram and social media. And it just kind of took off. Well, I think when our uh, viewers and listeners go to your Instagram account and website, they'll see the talent that you have. It bodes well with what you're doing, the combination of doing DIY, photography, and uh, that's such a... And then, of course, management, our fine arts, all of that culminates into a really beautiful uh, website and beautiful account that you have. And, and uh, seeing the transition of what, what's taking place in your home, um, one of the things you said uh, in our talking back and forth, and I'm sure you've conveyed this on your site as well, is you used the term your forever home. And you said you bought your home back in March of 2018. And uh, that seems like a long time ago, but in all actuality, it's not really when, when you start adding up the years. However, that's your forever home. So what is that literal? I mean, do you really see you, uh, you and your husband, family, do you see yourself staying there forever? Or is that just a term that represents how you're locked into the place that you're in today? Uh, for me, I would love to be here forever. Uh, my family moved from our my childhood home when I was 15. And so neither house really felt like home in a way because the house that we that I moved out of once I moved out, I was only there for maybe five years or so. And that nostalgic feeling of having your kids come back to the place where they grew up is just something that I've yeah. always kind of treasured and wanted. So, you know, our house is not huge. We're a family of five. It's about 2,600 square feet. But we make it work, and I would love to be here forever. We're in the same community that my husband grew up in. Um, it's a it's a great place for us. So hopefully, we'll be here forever. Yeah, and things could potentially change. And if you ever move, I'm sure you'll make that just as beautiful as the home that you're in today. For sure. Um, but I love the way you explain that. Um, we've been living in our home uh, for. We'll be going on 25 years. We got married in 1999 and had uh, our first child in uh, three years later. And it's the same story. We've talked about moving periodically, but uh, we have we do so much together, my wife and I do, when it comes to projects around the house. And it would be really difficult to leave, especially knowing our kids grew up here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so there's something sweet and special about having a place when, like you said, when they leave, they come back and they have all those memories and they remember their, you know, uh, where where their their bedroom. They go back in there and they see, you know, and uh, you know, think about what it was like many years ago. They can show their kids, right? So there's a lot of exactly there's yeah. a lot of uniqueness to that. You know, uh, you have so much to offer uh, when it comes to DIY space and doing it effectively. But one of the things that we want to hone in, and I mentioned this earlier today, is we really want to get your um, input, direction, guidance on the idea of mixing the old and new decor and furniture uh, for a timeless home, which bodes well with what you're talking about as far as a forever home. It's a, it's a space that you hope to be in for many, many more years. My question to you is, what inspired you to mix old and new decor? So I've always been drawn, since I can remember, to antiques and vintage things. I had a record collection when I was 15. When everyone had CD books, I was collecting records and had a record player in my room. But I just think that there's so much to be told, a story to be told by an old piece of furniture or even just a an old oil painting or something like that, that you can't find 
in something new or that's mass produced in a big box store. And it's always been important to me to have a unique uh, style and feel to my home that when someone walks in, they're not going to say, oh, I have that too and hanging up in my house. Yeah, I think that's where the inspiration, just trying to have a unique feel to my home and a unique style. Yeah, I guess, I, I suppose another way to say that too is it's not a cookie cutter you know, room or home or space. You know, it's always good to define terms and we, we kind of touched on this already, uh, tying in timeless and forever home. But when you speak specifically of a, of a timeless a timeless design or timeless home, explain what that looks like in general. Are there are there specific things that qualify it as a timeless space or a timeless home? So I think of a timeless uh, home or space as something that you walk in and you don't feel that it's dated back to any specific point in time. I think there's going to be a lot of neutral colors, um, clean lines in there, and just an overall like you can't you just can't pinpoint it to oh that's a mid-century modern piece of furniture and this is mid-century style from you know the late 50s 60s type of thing so there's just a good mix of everything and it just feels cohesive um but not any specific date and time and you know what i think that's so interesting because i think that appeals to a huge majority of people and but I think probably what happens if if it appeals to people, but they don't really feel like they have a timeless space or timeless home, but they love the idea and they want to achieve that, I would think that many times what would come into the mind is like, I don't even know where to start. Um, and this seems overwhelming. How do you make it to where it doesn't look uh, like a jumbled up mess of stuff? And you you just mentioned briefly, and that's where that's where I want to go now when you said, clean lines and simplicity. That's what I want to ask you now. What are some key principles and guidelines that you recommend in blending old and new elements into your home? Uh, So for me, especially when it comes to furniture, I love to keep most of the uh, vintage furniture that I have. I've kept natural wood. There's a few pieces that I have painted. But if you're mixing pieces from different time periods, as an example, I have a, in our living room, we have a a glass clawfoot piano stool that's from like the late 1800s. And then I have a farmhouse uh, coffee table, which is not from that same time period, but the tones of the wood are the same. So it doesn't really seem odd that they're in the same room together. So I think having similar color tones or uh, types of wood uh, will help kind of bring the pieces together in a space. Talk a little bit more about like bringing in like antique and bringing in like, let's say wall decor. Does that mean if you bring in antiques in your home that the wall decor has to have an antique look or can you mix some modern stuff with that as well? Yeah, I think it's great to mix um, both antique and modern things. So I think there's like an 80-20 rule when it comes to mixing your uh, antique and modern furniture. They say like 80% of the room should be modern and then you could, whether it's a piece of furniture or just miscellaneous decor, that should make up the 20% to make a good balance. So, and I think just choosing. So I like to have a lot of brass accents. I have a lot of antique brass candlesticks and uh, figures and things like that. And if you have a consistent 
material or color or thing like that. It helps it just kind of all blend in together. The eighty twenty rule, that's great. Uh, I bet you, though, you've never done the math, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but that's a good, I, that's good for people who are a little bit intimidated and they're wanting to, they, they like formulas, right? Mm -hmm. They want to be able to figure out, am I doing this right? And so to have that 80-20 rule is a really great idea. So what are some common mistakes that most people make when trying to blend the old and the new together? I think you kind of touched on it a little bit before. In my opinion, it's kind of a, kind, the vintage antique home is trending right now in a way. Um, and I think sometimes people will jump on a trend very much so and they will stray mm -hmm. away from what they actually like themselves and they're because they're just kind of going based off of what whether it's an influencer or they see some on social media somewhere and they're just buying things that they wouldn't actually pick on their own and then eventually mm -hmm. they'll grow tired and it doesn't actually make it timeless because it's not something that they loved and wanted to have in their home um, and yeah. it can be frustrating trying to you know, you want your home to be done. You don't want to have to constantly be working on it, but it takes time. We're six years in and I still have projects and rooms that are incomplete. And Do you find yourself going into a room that you would classify as complete and changing a few things here and there? I mean, isn't that part of the fun of it? I mean, yeah, you're, I'm, you're not necessarily changing the design, but you may change out a few things like wall decor, right? Definitely. I'm constantly doing that. And that's also touches on something that I think when you have a style for your home, it's easy to interchange your accents between spaces. So I can take some wall decor or uh, shelf styling items and pretty much place them anywhere in any mm -hmm. room and it'll still work because the whole house kind of has that overall feel to it. Well, you know, if you think about it, I've never thought of this before, but in some ways, we do that during the holidays, right? I mean, we take that space that is consistent throughout the year and then we throw maybe uh, a minimal amount of things or a maximum <laughs> amount of things, you know, at Christmas time uh, and uh, even Thanksgiving and, you know, all the holidays throughout the year. And so we end up, we end up changing it. And even when we do that, I would, I would, I would say that there's probably very few people don't stay with their current design and their their decor they try to make sure that when they put a christmas tree in and decorate it that it goes with the rest of the room yeah i always uh, think it's so, so funny after i take down the holiday decor how like naked the house feels <laughs> yeah it does doesn't it yeah you know, that's interesting because we do the same thing and and what's interesting is if you leave it up long enough like we usually in fact this year it's interesting how it's different every year so um this year uh everybody's kind of talked about can we put it up actually my daughter said well, let's put the christmas tree up right before thanksgiving um and so just so it, we can have the most amount of time enjoying it and then we usually don't take it down to probably maybe january 1st january 2nd um but when we do take it down it's not like we're eager to get it down but when it's down it's so nice and everything's is. so clean it's and late. simple yeah. <laughs> yeah i have two january birthdays uh, my two daughters are both in the first week of january so we usually have to take it down pretty oh, wow. fast <laughs> just so they yeah. have their own separate you know to celebration right yeah i was just saying that when you take it down it's interesting the timing of it too because it's almost like um 
symbolic of that time of year. You know, you're starting a fresh start. You're looking at the new year with maybe some new goals. And it's just something about having the the decorations down and the cleanness of that that kind of inspires you to really look ahead Definitely. in ways maybe that you haven't looked at in the past. You know, you've touched on this before uh, earlier. You're talking about your furniture, not painting furniture necessarily in some of your rooms, but actually leaving them stained or the wood exposed. Do you have any rules that you go by when it comes to color specifically? Like, is there is it possible to have too many colors in a room? Do you try to say, okay, this is my primary color. This is maybe I have two or three secondary colors. How does that work? Uh, from a design standpoint. Yeah, I think when it comes to color, you go back to, you know, color theory that you learn in elementary school with what colors pair well together across the color mm-hmm. wheel type of thing. And even if your your shades are off, but uh, for example, we have our family room, which is a deep green color. Uh, and I have accents that are in the blues and oranges, um, but they're all kind of earthy tones. So it's not primary colors, but it's kind of the same idea with color theory uh, that you pair together. But if I were to throw something vibrant in there, it wouldn't really work well. So a lot of the, um, like the couches and the uh, coffee table and those things are neutral. You've talked a little bit about your home. We're excited to see a few rooms. Uh, let's take a look at some examples of successful blending in your home, and um, you can walk us walk us through and, and uh, explain the different uh, rooms as we go through them. So what room are we looking at right now? So this is our living room. We have two living spaces, uh, so I guess this one would be considered the formal living room. Now, what, tell us a little bit about this room when you when you guys moved in. Was this uh, what what have you done to this room that was not done? at the point of moving in? Uh, so the one thing that I loved about our house uh, is that all of the millwork and trim was done by the builder in the 60s. Uh, so we have, you know, our traditional built-ins that were here. Uh, and all. so really all I've done in here is paint. Uh, I swapped light fixtures. And I did actually add the picture frame molding to the lower half of the wall underneath the chair rail, which... Um, was not there when we moved in. What a great room for lighting, natural lighting, because you have we two do. We windows have... yeah, on each on each end, which for a long room like that, to have those windows, if those if one side did not have windows, it'd probably be really dark uh, on the other end. I mean, you'd have to compensate with, with uh, more lighting, but it has a really nice balance to the room. Yeah, the natural light in here is my favorite. Are the front of our house spaces west and the back faces east so we get great morning sun um, from the back of the house and then great afternoon sun uh, from the front now you also have what looks to be I, you have I mean I don't know what you would call this specifically but it's almost like a conversational arrangement um, it looks like you have two chairs and then a couch um, yeah so we used to have all of our furniture kind of pushed against the wall Um but it was important to me when we have company over that, you know, the focus isn't going to always be on the TV. While we do have a TV in here, uh, it's not really watched that often. So this way we can all sit and play games at the coffee table with our kids or, you know, everyone see each other. Yeah, I like that a lot. I've always liked that when you have a room that's not necessarily directed to the TV, uh, but 
as you just said, you can have conversations with each other. It it, it nurtures, you know, um, socialization. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I like how you've got uh, a really neat balance of greenery. It's not too much. And it's not too little, and it's uh, a neat balance. Tell us about how you uh, came up with that decision. So I think when it comes to especially being timeless, I mean, if plants and greenery have been a decor staple uh, for as long as time can tell. So I think if you have a green thumb, I strongly encourage everyone to have some real plants in their home because not only do they bring life into a space, but they help clean the air and all of that um and they're not just a dust collector but you can always go with the faux option if you prefer that all right so what room are we entering now so this is my dining room uh which i kind of made a bold choice in painting it black um, but it is one of my favorite rooms in our home um, this was a project that i did uh, last year so what was the color before uh, it was all white. So during the pandemic, I actually painted almost every room in our house white. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yes. And for our home particularly, I think the way the sun comes in, we were getting a lot of green tones through the windows with like reflection from the grass. We live on a, like down a hill. So Absolutely. the white just wasn't working. It wasn't doing what I had hoped. And I decided to just embrace the cozy rooms we are our house is a colonial that was built um in the 60s it has it's not open concept at all so i decided to just embrace that and make each room feel cozy by itself so tell us this much so you know i i noticed that um and we've highlighted this on our instagram account that uh, when you're looking at colors there is a color called if i get this right peppercorn and it's by bear I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize for not uh, knowing that ahead of time. However, but it's 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 black, right? So it's almost. I think they call it the color of the year for 2024. I did and so, see that. Yeah, so that's kind of what you have in here. A lot of people would be nervous to paint a room black, and you've even painted the ceiling black. But this color is called uh, Blackjack by Benjamin Moore, and it was actually. Okay. So I had painted all of our interior doors the color onyx by Benjamin Moore, and this was one shade lighter on the swatch. So it's like a deep, deep, deep charcoal. So it does still have some reflective properties. It's not as jet black as some paint. So tell us what you did to it, to, so because it's, it is, obviously it is a darker room. Uh, it has a feeling of warmth and I can turn that the cozy, the cozy vibe. However, the furniture you have in that room and the lighting of what, as well uh, is important because it's not dark. It's that natural wood tone. Tell us about that. Like, is that, uh, did you, was that intentional to lighten up a few, you know, aspects of the room? Yeah, I think that, so our dining table is black, uh, which I think in order to make it pop, we needed some lighter tones in there. And we also have dark, darker hardwood floors throughout the house. Uh, so with the lighter wood tone and the light, the white light fixture, it kind of helps just to bounce the mm -hmm. eye around the room a little bit. And I'll try to get this low. I do have a um, vintage Turkish rug in here that helps also to bring the eye down um, because the ceilings are 
painted kind of I think draws the eye around the entire room. Yeah, and and let's let's talk just briefly about wall decor. The 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 picture that you have between the two windows looks like is it a landscape picture? It is. Yep, uh, it's a print actually. Um, I have found. I don't know if you're familiar with the National Gallery of Art, but there are so many pieces of work that are in the public domain now that you can download for free and have printed and framed online for very inexpensive. So it's an option I love. If I'm not creating the art myself, that's the route I usually go. So you just go directly to their website and you can download from there. Yeah, I think it's nga.gov or something like that. Um, yeah, and they have, I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of pieces of art. Wow, that's yeah, really nice. And, uh, and it's it's really neat how when you're, when you probably when you walk in the front door, you can take a left into the room that we were just in, or you can go into the dining room from what you see is it looks like the steps going up. And that, yep. because there's such contrast in that room, it's very inviting. It's like you... Uh, yeah, I wanted it to have almost like a a speakeasy feel for intimate mm-hmm. dinner parties when we have our family here. Um, and I went with a round table for that scene, you know, able to have conversations. And it gets nice and cozy when we have both of our families here for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but we love so, it. So tell me this, when you painted the room uh, black, what was your husband's thoughts? Was he on board or was he like, oh, I don't know about this? I think he was probably hesitant in his head, but he has a lot of trust in me. And he says, <laughs> you know, he's like, at, when I finish a project, that's when he says, well, you were right all along. And he might yeah. doubt me in the beginning, but it usually turns out the way that he had hoped. So this is the green room, which uh, I, one of my favorite rooms that uh, I've seen often on your Instagram account. It's a beautiful room. Just the this color, this particular color green. Do you have no offhand what that green color is? Uh, it's Backwoods by Benjamin Moore, and uh, it's kind of a funny. This one was a, I went to the paint store, so I had a different green. I'm gonna try to set this down uh, originally, and I went to swatch it on the wall, and it was like almost a Kelly uh, green. That I was mm-hmm. definitely not what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> so. We had painters come to do this room for us, and uh, they were going to be here in about 10 minutes. So I ran up to the hardware store, and I just picked this the swatch. I was like, give me two gallons of that, and let's go with it. And it worked out perfectly. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's just the right tone for that room. And then what have you done to the ceiling? So these beams um, to this on the ceiling are actually original. The, the builder... They're actually in all of the homes in our neighborhood. He hand sewed them. Uh, so I was very yeah. excited when I saw those when we came to um, the open house for this house. Yeah. And I bet so. So many people create the faux beams, right? <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that they're structural, but they are beautiful. Um, and they make a real statement in here. One day I might try to uh, sand them down to get them to a more natural wood mm-hmm. tone but that's a big project <laughs> yeah that would be a big project and it is pretty as it is but uh you but you know what the overall objective that you're trying to achieve now tell us about the you mentioned earlier going with when you have color in a room that you try to go neutral with the mm-hmm. um with the furniture and the rug and it looks like is it an off-white or is it a gray 
Uh, so the area rug in here is gray, but it does actually have some blue um, in it, but it's hard to tell, and, and white. So, and then our mm -hmm. sofas are tan, and but I have back to that color theory, you know, the wood, while it's functional, it also serves that opposite green is red on the color wheel type and uh, those complementary colors kind of pairing well together. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in looking at your fireplace and uh, it has a very big mantle because it covers the fireplace and the, the wood storage area. And, you know, I think about what, what I was thinking about when I saw that was the idea of furniture refinishing staging. And we talk a lot about staging on the podcast and how important it is to not put so much on or yeah, add so many accessories and props that you end up taking away from the piece. And I think with your fireplace, it would be probably a tendency for a lot of people to take that space and just fill it full of accessories. Uh, but you really limited that. And I think that's so effective because it makes the fireplace, because the fireplace is so large and, and wide, it yeah. makes it a focal point. Yeah, and I think painting the brick is always kind of a controversial topic. Um, it had we had had it white when we first moved into the house, and when we painted the room green, the white just didn't look right. So I painted it all, and I really love it just as it is. I don't think it needs a ton of decor on top, except yeah. at Christmas time we get pretty crazy with the garland up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. So, what do you call this room? Is this your family room? living room yeah, th this is we call it our den um but this is definitely the family room this is where we all lounge watch movies together the kids hang out in here after school so this is probably our room downstairs so are we in your kitchen yeah this is my our kitchen so our house was a flip um so didn't necessarily have a say on the finish in the space um, but thankfully the contractors went pretty neutral so I was able to swap out hardware and light fixtures uh, the faucet things like that to make them more my style without having to do a full renovation we have an eat-in kitchen here so this is our kitchen table where we have our dinner every night yeah your, your home is uh, one of those homes that it all works really well together but when you go into a room, it's got new surprises. It's got yeah. uniqueness in each room that uh, makes you want to go throughout the, the whole house. Now, this particular painting that you have up looks more contemporary. And then you, it, have, yeah. you have a candle next to it. Is that actually a real candle or is that one of the, is that a LED? It, nope, it's real. <laughs> it's okay. actually I one of those. It, I thought it was, but it's hard it's to tell sometimes. Those, um, I'm, it's a hand rolled with that beeswax that you can roll so i yeah. made a bunch of those last christmas season so it's one of those one of the unique things about those is they don't melt all over the place is that right yeah they kind of melt into themselves which is nice yeah. you don't get wax dripping all over the place exactly yeah that looks nice there with that uh, with that painting so well thanks for taking us around your home and actually seeing done with blending the old and new and your design uh, abilities and how that works together. Are there any short and simple do's and don'ts on mixing old and new together into one room? Um, I think that you should 
pick a theme. So if you, if brass accents or brass frames or kind of the thing that you look for, I love to go to the thrift store or Facebook marketplace. Those are always kind of my go-tos because uh, it's, there's so much to be found that is out there and it's (laughs) inexpensive um, for the most part. So pick kind of what you're looking for and have that in mind and look at your home as a big picture. Like you can go into a store and pick out 10 things that you like and, but then you bring them home and they don't necessarily go with the space. Uh, So I think trying to keep that big picture in mind when you're curating your home also know that it takes time. You're not going to go out in one trip and have <laughs> all of the things for every wall and every corner. And the biggest don't is uh, don't buy all of this, the the hauls and the things from the big box stores, the mm. mass-produced art, those yeah. types of things. Uh, I would just try to stay away from that kind of stuff and find things that are unique to you and your home. How much, you know, speaking of the big box uh, accessories and stuff, I suppose you. I suppose you, when you buy those, you can potentially change those up to enough to maybe make them a little unique and different. Whether it's the frame or depending on what it is, you know, whether it's a statue or something. But you having a fine arts background, uh, do you find yourself creating or making art much in for your home? I do. I can actually bring you back in to show you another piece. But uh, so I was in uh, Home Goods and they had these beautiful ornate frames, but the paint and their you know, there were real oil paintings on canvas, but it wasn't exactly my style. I think it was a, a picture painting of a boat and then the colors didn't work. So I bought mm-hmm. it because I loved the frame and then I actually painted over it just to make a scene that would work more in my home. Yeah. You knew it wasn't an, or, an original Monet or <laughs> a Picasso would have been there. Would it? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I it know, was actually on on clearance. So I think I paid $8 for the frame and made it something that I love. Yeah. I know some people, I have seen some people do like a wash over maybe an older vintage painting or something uh, that they picked up in a thrift store at a yard sale. And, uh, you know, just to try, just to make it more uh, acceptable for their decor. But I guess you just got to make sure that, uh, especially if you pick it up at a yard sale or uh, somebody's uh, an estate sale, that it's it doesn't that have it's not right. <laughs> that is true. Yes, <laughs> I've also seen some people where they they'll get a print and they uh, mod podge over it so it makes it look more like an actual mm. painting, which is an interesting idea. Oh yeah, it gives it that texture that, mm-hmm. uh, and a more matte. Like, oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, you talk about you mentioned this before. We just briefly we talked about trends, and you said some things that kind of. Uh, are coming back into uh, style today. What else, like just generally speaking, is people always kind of bend their ear when when they hear people who are experts in this area of design, whether it be decor, furniture, really home in general. But do you see any upcoming trends or ideas that you see on the horizon? I think for sure we're going to start seeing more color in homes. I think that we have kind of gone beyond the all white and gray uh, and people are starting to embrace color, deeper colors, uh, rich, darker wood tones seem to be coming back Mm -hmm. more so. um, So I think just more use of color in spaces is definitely something that'll be popular. Still uh, wallpapers and textures, things like that, that have 
are have been trending, I think will continue to trend also. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, about wallpaper? Uh, I remember when I was younger, my dad was a contractor, and uh, on occasion, my mom, if he built a spec house, my mom would uh, go in and kind of do some design work to make it sell faster and uh, add more value. And at that time, wallpaper was really <clears throat> a big thing. And then, uh, and I do remember her like, oh, my it was such hard, you know, trying to try to get wallpaper up and line everything up, especially if it had patterns. Then there was that time where wallpaper went out. And so if you had wallpaper in a home, an older home, it was so much work, required so much elbow grease to go in there and get the wallpaper down and strip it and steam it and do all of that kind of stuff. This is funny to see how cyclical things are to see wallpaper coming back. And I think some of the wallpaper today is removable, isn't it? It's not there. It's not all permanent. Yeah, actually, in our powder room, we have a peel and stick wallpaper, which is great for you know if you want to just have the option to easily take it down. But and I don't know that it's any easier to install. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't figured that part out yet, have they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does does the wallpaper, the peel and stick wallpaper, do you ha- you don't have any issues with it? The corners coming up or anything like that. No, they have, you know, the, I think each brand is probably different depending on where you get it from, but uh, mm-hmm. you just have to prepare the walls as if you would with, for any wallpaper, make sure they're clean and degreased and all of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, the one in our powder room has been up for a year and it's not peeling at all. Oh, wow. Well, that's encouraging. Uh, you, you guess those folks like yourself who did it as soon as it came out, maybe, or I don't know how long it's been out, can... Uh, you um, were kind of the guinea pigs. <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's the last thing you want to do is just spend a lot of time putting something like that up and then know that it's not going to really uh, do its job of staying up. Right. Well, Leanne, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We definitely have to have you back on to discuss more DIY home design topics because you have a lot of great topics that I know our viewers and listeners will want to hear uh, more about. Before we go, though, I want to give you the opportunity uh, to share how people can find you um, because I know they're going to want to go to your Instagram account, definitely go to your website and then any other social media accounts that you have. Well, thank you so much, Lane. It was my pleasure to be here. Um, I am on Instagram. My handle is at Carrie us home and my website is leannecarry.com. Uh, I'm also on Pinterest and I have not delved into TikTok just yet. So <laughs> You got your Instagram hands full and, right now, don't you? <laughs> yep. So that's where I am, and uh, I can't wait to start decorating for the holidays and share all of that that I am coming up. Yeah. Well, it is upon us, so uh, you don't have long to wait, do you? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I have a photo shoot this week with uh, Christmas decor, so it'll be up Very before good. I know it. <laughs> well, thanks again. We've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. home decor tip today comes from Lindsay Sopcheck with the Rural Legend. Hi, I'm Lindsay Sopcheck from the Rural Legend, and I believe that great home style doesn't have to cost a lot of money. 
do not forget to look at your local thrift stores for pieces that would make your holiday home extra special on a budget. I always say, look at the shape, not the color, because there's nothing the power of paint can't transform into a beautiful statement piece for your home. Today, I'm transforming a ceramic poinsettia bowl that I thrifted for $5 into a beautiful candle holder with only ivory, acrylic paint, and gold leaf rub and buff. Affordable DIY decor doesn't get any easier than that. You can find so many more tips and inspiration, plus my top five go-to products for thrift store makeovers, all at theruralagend.com. What's happening in your studio this week features three of our friends, Tara with Vintage Chic in Iowa, Candy with Orchids True Blue, and Alyssa with The Things We Build. Hi guys, this is Tara from Vintage Chic in Iowa, and this week I am working on the smaller sized Queen Anne style buffet. And I thought this one was neat because when I removed the backing on the mirror, there's a date stamp of 1923, which means this one is 100 years old, which makes us an antique. So stay tuned to see how I refinish it. Hi guys, I'm Candy from Orchids True Blue, and I'm working on several different projects this week, working on furniture and settling into my new studio space here in Evanston, Illinois. Right now, I'm currently planning a large mural for my staging wall, which will also serve as a highlight for my studio space and create the vibes that I want when I'm working. Um, if you want to think mm, secret garden, um, nature, orange blossoms, think of cool colors with um, touches of like orange and cherry blossoms and birds and all different kinds of little unique elements to to this piece so that's what i'm working on working on working on furniture different pieces sneak peeks around the studio lots of cool things happening um i've partnered with my husband who has the joint space right next to mine which is also under construction and i'll give you a sneak peek of that too this space Will be a pottery studio so we'll have a pottery studio right here and then my orchids true blue right next door so i'm so glad i was able to share um thanks for listening watching have a great week hey hey it's Alyssa of the things we built this week i'm working on a client commission but in between coats i am working on probably the largest gold leafing project i have ever done. I am covering the entire base of this very heavily detailed mid-century coffee table in gold leaf. It is a very tedious process, but I find it really, really satisfying. I think it's going to be gorgeous when it's complete because the top of the table is an Italian marble. So lots of work ahead of me. Have a creative week. We are excited to announce the Zebra Review October winners for the category theme of Benches. They are first place, Susan with Little Lou Designs, second place, Kate with Kate's Reclaimed, and third place, Beth with a Dove's Tail. Congratulations to all three of you. Phenomenal job. You can go to enjoyzebra.com podcast page to see their pieces or watch them on the video version of the podcast. The video link is also found there as well. Thank you to our sponsors, D. Lawless Hardware, Mud Paint, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. 
The Zebra Review category theme for November is Desks. Our featured judges are Jen and Amanda with the Vintage Sisters. If you have refinished a desk from January 1st through November 30th of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraDesks. Jen and Amanda will pick their five favorites, then the remaining judges, Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Katie Cloud with Katie Company and Home, and Lauren with Portland Road Living will vote out of Jen and Amanda's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Melange Paints, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. Thanks for joining us. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review, we would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. 